Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I am one of your hosts, Michael, and uh, I am not from the future, but really wish I was over the sickness so I could be from the future and go back in time and tell myself not to be sick because that changes it. Nevertheless, though, I am joined by my co-host this week and a friend who would be somebody I would go back in time and tell him not to cut his wonderful hair that he used to have. Jesse, how you doing, man? I'm a little frightened now that you're going to pop through a time travel portal at any second, Michael, but I'm good. Thanks. I mean, if that was going to, all right, let's wait. If, uh, if I from the future pop through to tell you to stop recording this right now, it's a bad idea. Uh, well, th that would be a paradox, right? Cause I'm talking to you and future you and i wouldn't know what to do with myself anymore so oh, okay perfect so uh we'll move right along then i guess everything is okay um <laughs> this week we're actually joined by a guest who we've had on before and um one of our very long good time friends but um i can't think of another time travel punny type thing in this situation so i'll just bring him on in kevin how you doing Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I, I would do whatever you tell me to do if you came back from the future. I, I'm a believer in you, Michael. Oh, thank you. And that's how it's going to be today. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, so uh, appreciate having you back on, Kevin. Uh, and I think the reason I was so excited to have you back on was specifically because the movie we're talking about today kind of felt a little bit like the last movie we had you on for in just kind of the goofiness of it and how it is an interesting movie, we'll say. Um, we're going to be talking about The Tomorrow War with uh, Chris Pratt um, and the one that's on Amazon Prime. It came out on streaming, was it, only a few days ago, I think it was. So, or a week ago, so a week or so ago. Um, but yeah, I saw this and like instantly was just like, we got to have Kevin back on to talk about this movie because it feels very Army of the Dead-esque to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be the first person you call when you find a campy, not quite what you want it to be movie. You know, I think that's 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 my spot. That's where I excel in life. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so, Kevin, so we're clear. You're mm -hmm. only invited back for Zack Snyder movies or ones that remind Michael of how much he doesn't <laughs> like Zack Snyder movies. So. Yeah, when you invited me, I was scrolling through the, all the credits to be like, what did Zack Snyder do with this movie? Because I, I, I thought I had a contract where it was only Zack Snyder, but I could not find him anywhere. Maybe he gave some notes to uh, the director or something at some point. The script doctor, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> uncredited. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but I feel like uh, maybe the person that worked on the Tomorrow War as the script doctor might, might be able to help uh, Snyder out, be able to wrap up some plot points that he uh, introduces in the first act. That is true, so. actually. That, that, to be fair to this movie, it's, it's not Snyder-esque in all the plot points, at least. <laughs> they did wrap some things up. Yeah. So, um, I mean... We'll, we'll start off, uh, I think, kind of just let's briefly talk about our thoughts as the overall movie, and then I, I can give a little bit of a rundown, um, kind of a spoiler-free thoughts about the movie, and then I'll give a rundown of kind of the synopsis of it, 
and then we can really start getting into the other parts of it that probably are a little goofier and a little, we'll say dumb. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin, what were your kind of overall thoughts on the movie? Spoiler-free oh, okay. kind of version-esque. Oh, Spoiler-free. Okay, I can tee it off here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when I was watching it, I, I, again, I went into this cold. Um, I don't know why that keeps happening. I'm just not, my finger's not on the pulse of movies these days. So I didn't even realize this was coming. But um, while I was watching it, you know, it was very, uh, very reminiscent of a summer blockbuster, you know, kind of feel, or that's what it wanted to be, I guess, you know, supposed to be kind of brainless, fun action, simple beats to hit kind of thing. Um, but ultimately, I just don't think it had the charm of like the classic summer blockbusters like Independence Day. And, you know, maybe that, you know, what it was going for. I don't I don't think it quite lived up to it. I think it's the worst thing I could say about it is I think I watched it a week or two ago. And when I realized today we're talking about it, I struggled to even remember what my initial thoughts were because uh, it kind of it came and it went. It was kind of like a fever dream and just not as exciting of a fever dream, honestly. Wow, what a glowing review. Spoiler free, though. Yeah. Yeah. See. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Jesse, you want to give your thoughts? So I know I'm typically the optimist of this trio, at least when we're talking about a Zack Snyder movie, anyway. Um, but the first time I sat down to watch The Tomorrow War, I definitely fell asleep during the movie. And thought I had only missed a little bit because I woke up and saw the ending. And then I asked Natalie, my wife, what she thought. She said, I liked it. And then what did you think of the parts that you saw? And I was like, well, what do you mean? I, I saw almost everything except a chunk in the middle. And she's like, no, you fucking fell asleep for like most of this movie. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> and then I had to go back and watch the parts that I missed. And so it's in a way a little disjointed for me because I didn't actually see the full thing from start to finish. Sorry, tomorrow war. Um, but I would have to actually agree with Kevin that it was going for that sort of campy, but charming uh, time travel esque summer blockbuster or aliens, you know, coming to earth and invading type of blockbuster and I felt it was just a bit hollow and, you know, kind of going off of these other films that have come before it to uh, keep audience intrigue. And didn't bring a whole lot of new things to the table. Um, so, yeah, I, I, <laughs> what I'm saying is I, I'm not surprised I, I fell asleep the first time because I, I finished this and, you know, uh, was not super impressed. All right, another sterling review there. I mean, I'm kind of afraid what Michael's going to say now. So anyone who likes this movie may just want to turn off the podcast right now and get to the next episode. I, I really hope he just comes out of nowhere with a huge appreciation for this film. Like, I hope it's just a, a huge shocker. Like, it's his film of the year kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, unfortunately, Kevin... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly disappoint you right now. Um, I'm you know what 
I feel the same way you guys are feeling that if this movie feels like it was supposed to be this like mega mega blockbuster type thing and it, it just fell really, really short of that. And it just <laughs> for me, um, I, I had and again, this is all like I said before it as I was watching this, I think I even texted Jesse at while I was doing it um, and which is like, Oh, this is we need to bring, we need to bring Kevin back on because this movie makes me irrationally angry at certain parts. Like uh, the, the, the uh, army of the dead movie when like a certain part, I'm just like, why, why are you doing it like this? This makes zero sense. These people, you're just needlessly killing these soldiers. Why? <laughs> um, so I kind of it. I feel like it got it. It drags at certain parts. It is kind of all over the place tone wise. It feels like it sets up some stuff that it really wants to pay off. Like war is traumatic, but then doesn't. And uh, it's heavy handed with its messaging and its um, subtle themes. You can't see me do the air quotes on this, but they are not subtle whatsoever. And I, I'm never going to go out of my way to watch this movie again. I would say if it was on television, I would. It's probably going to be in the same realm as uh, the day after tomorrow for me. Um, I feel like when we were. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, <laughs> I feel like when we were either in high school or maybe just getting out of high school, the, the channel FX like played that movie every other day at some point. And it was just kind of always on. And so I had, I've seen that movie more times than I can think to count because it's just been on in the background so many times. So, I mean, the day after tomorrow was the first movie or the first time I ever hung out with our buddy Marcus. We went and saw that. So I have an irrational level of nostalgia for that. So yeah, it's all I I was going to say the same thing. I was like, maybe I have like Stockholm syndrome for my, my past or something, but I I'm offended as a day after tomorrow fan of that comparison. I, I, I will hey. go on my way to rewatch that movie. <laughs> I feel I, maybe it's just because I remember it being on all the time how about, and how about, being like, this isn't really, I think it was like, I think it's kind of in that same area where it's goofy and ridiculous. And maybe I'm just also associating the South park uh, episode that rips on this. Uh, movie uh, rips on the movie as well with it but um yeah i don't know it how about this how about i, I think the better comparison not, i mean to me is mm -hmm. to the movie do you even remember this movie i don't even, uh, does anyone remember this movie 2012 which is like the same idea like or something what was it called was it called 2012 yeah, yeah. john cusack right yeah where the world is supposed to end in 2012 and is like a disaster movie like I feel like the Tomorrow War is the 2012 to like Tomorrow War is trying to be is the poor man's Independence Day. 2012 is the poor man's Day After Tomorrow. So maybe <laughs> maybe you should use that one because I think that's a better comparison. Because I would okay. never go back and watch 2012. I can't even remember anything about it. Uh, I I'm, I'm right. I mean I'm I'm right there with you. I I don't even think I've ever actually watched 2012. I think I've only seen it via like CinemaSins reviewing it. <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> also directed by Roland Emmerich, who made The Day After Tomorrow and 2012. 
Okay. And, and Independence that. Day. Oh, I, wow. Well, that's incredible. They should have brought him for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> they, they make a world-ending movie with aliens, and they don't think to bring in the guy who, you know, kicked that door open in the first place. So, wow. We're, we're off Sorry, track. We, we start here. Yeah, yeah we, we went off track. You can keep going, Michael, with your... No, it's, I, was, that was kind of, I mean, that's kind of it. It's just, I feel like it, like I said, it at certain points made me irrationally angry at the movie for kind of doing these things. And then as the the start of the movie, I was like, okay, this is just kind of, you know, Chris Pratt, yeah, uh, action, hero-esque start out. Okay, J.K. Simmons is is in this movie at some point. Cool. Uh, there's some future porterly stuff that happens. Um, and then it kind of starts to get real slowed down in the center, I feel like. And then it picks up at the end, I felt like, in the sense that I was actually really satisfied that things they had started in the beginning part of the movie and references they actually used in the end part. So it actually like introduced a bunch of checkoff guns and actually used them by the third act. So props to this movie for actually doing that. I thought, which is at the point I was like, yep, yeah, we're going to watch the We need to talk about this movie. So are we entering spoiler filled territory here? I think uh, so. I, one one more thing before we get into the spoiler section, I actually want to talk about it because as I was kind of watching this, it's a big theme in this movie. Um, I want to know what type of time travel timeline understanding do you guys subscribe to? What do you think actually exists if time travel does exist? Is it like uh, Back to the Future where if you go back in time and you change something? Uh, the timeline kind of breaks off and you are now in, then if you went forward in time, you'd be inside that future timeline branch or is timeline just a continuous loop. So if you went back in time, um, the Futurama, uh, the, I did the nasty in the pasty type thing is where <laughs> if you go back in time, you would have sex with your grandma and you would be your own grandpa forever in a continuous loop because that's what has to happen. There's no other way that time can flow except in one continuous stream. So what, what, what do you guys subscribe to? Cause this movie is about time travel. So I'm just curious to see what your guys have thoughts on it, because I feel like it's going to come up a little bit later. Are those our only two options? No, no. If you have a different uh, example of what you feel like time travel would be like then feel free to throw it out there. God, Kevin, you're the guest. I'll I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, Jesse, you're only letting me go first because of my uh, irritation towards Avengers Endgame and Marvel's timeline shenanigans. Uh, uh, okay, so I don't know what I necessarily subscribe to. Um, I just prefer the movie on its own to kind of like state how it's universe works i suppose and i'm trying to remember um in this one what uh i guess we're not going to spoilers yet so i can't jump into that um i i prefer it that you have to be careful in the past so you don't mess with the future like i think that makes it more um tangible and real and and like not that time travel is real but more like there's, there's consequences um, I'm not a big fan. I'm, I'm still haven't watched the last episode of Loki, but I'm, you know, in the middle of that. So I, I don't know how I feel about this just continuous timelines building on themselves endlessly. 
um, even though that is probably how time would work in the real world. I don't know. Uh, I can't really get off of this idea. I, I kind of just like the there's consequences. If, if I had to choose, if I was going to write something, um, there would be consequences to their actions in, within one timeline, maybe for simplicity, but also maybe just for drama. Well, it's not out yet, but once we release the uh, past episode that we did, Kevin, uh, about our MCU rankings, you'll, you'll want to listen to my opinions on Avengers Endgame because I, I think I broke Michael's heart a little bit on that one. So, wait, be very you pleased. love you love that movie. I have grown to kind of see some issues. Oh, with... Jesse, you and I need to have an offline conversation about this. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, check that out. Um, this might be kind of a cop out um, in terms of the original question, Michael. Mm-hmm. I prefer that time travel, if you must, you know, uh, forage into that into that realm for your movie or your story. I prefer that time travel matches the tone of the story that you're telling. And I think for your Futurama example, did the nasty and the pasty with my granny type thing. I mean, that is an absurd futuristic comedy show about a guy who gets frozen and goes into future and meets aliens and is still a delivery boy somehow. So, I mean, that <laughs> that's pretty on par for the tone that they're establishing there. Or if you have, you know, something more, you know, I guess dire in terms of your consequences, you know, where is Sarah Connor if we're doing the whole Terminator thing? Um, whereas, that is more of an urgent sort of you know time travel story where it's only fixating on this one uh indisposable person that absolutely cannot be lost for the future to you know be avoided um in terms of humans you know becoming subservient to the machines so i think if you are telling a more serious story, you need to make sure there are more rules in place, more consequences. If you have, you know, more of a comedy, you can kind of be loosey goosey with those types of things. And in terms of what they did for this, I feel that they were kind of all over the place in terms of how they were utilizing time travel for the tone and the story that they were trying to tell. So I'm also not a huge fan of of time travel stories. I think it's kind of been done to death already and I haven't really seen anything new or, you know, groundbreaking to, you know, improve upon or build upon what, you know, others have done before. So it's never, it's never my favorite anymore to, to get into that type of story. Jesse, have you started Loki? Have you been watching Loki? I have not started Loki yet. Okay, so all right. I, I've got earmuffs on. If, if you guys, no, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to talk about. It. I'm just that. saying that 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 does. It is at least the first few episodes are definitely fresh for time stuff. Yeah. You should. I think you would be might, a little surprised, but might might eat my words a little bit. You know, it's it's happened before. So, <laughs> but that's more or less, Michael. I I think as long as we're being consistent in terms of how we're utilizing time travel. Then I'm, you know, I'll be okay with it. But if not, then I, 
I get a little irritated because I, I think it can be used as a crutch for bad writing. I mean, I very fair. I do think it sometimes is used. It's time travel is one of it's it's one of those many classic writing tropes, and when not utilized correctly, it can be just something that a writer, a team can lean on too heavily, and it becomes that crutch for them. Um, I personally believe. Uh, I think in regards to what I hope is real is I hope that uh, time travel is non-existent and will never be existent because at this point, there's no possible way that uh, a future person hasn't tried to, tried to try and travel back to us. And it just, it's, it's, that's impossible. So I believe that time travel, I, time is, uh, you know, a closed loop. There's, you know, it's all, it's, you know, only nasties in the pasties is the only type of time travel you can do. Well, I mean, if somebody has, then they just, if, if someone did discover time travel in the future and we don't know about it, they're just a bad capitalist, right? That they didn't jump on the opportunity to sell their product, I mean, but they could be just living amongst us quietly, enjoying the show. This is true. Elon Musk, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's it. They're a capitalist, but in a different way. They're not going to yeah. sell their million dollar product, but they're going to take the opportunity to... Yeah, the Elon Musk. You're right. <laughs> uh, but see, the billionaires aren't going back in time. They're going to space, so they don't even need to worry about coming back in time on Earth. <laughs> well, they probably are in the time where the Tomorrow War is happening, and they know that Mars <laughs> is like the safe place. So they're they have to like come back and build up SpaceX, and uh, it's a very complicated plan. <laughs> Perfect. All right, I think uh, from this point we will uh, enter spoiler zone. Um, so if you are listening and are just dying to see the tomorrow war and haven't found an opportunity to watch this free, um, free thing on, uh, Amazon prime video, um, you've been warned from this point on there'd be spoilers. So I would, I'd love to find out how many people were on the fence and then heard us, uh, talk about how, uh, the state of the movie and then actually you're like, okay, I got to go check this out now. <laughs> you're welcome tomorrow war more more viewers for you yeah oh, i'm just happy too. that they found ways to rip on the miami dolphins in this that <laughs> we got a few chuckles out of that so yeah so uh let's talk about what you guys thought about the movie with spoilers then because i'm curious uh i've got some thoughts on it and it's it, yeah so um Kevin, do you want to start or uh, Jesse? You guys. I am, I am happy to take the lead here since I made Kevin answer <laughs> the question first. Um, I would say I had a really hard time in the middle of this movie, Michael, kind of what you were alluding to. And I have a hard time with the logic and some of the reasoning of our main character, Chris Pratt. Um, because they are, he's working with his daughter, his grown-up daughter, uh, played by Yvonne Strahovski, who I was very happy to see in this because I'm a fan of hers. But um, I think they're having conversations about, you know, we have to study the female, and you know, if we figure out how to kill the female, then you know, all this can be avoided. And 
then they're formulating their plan for, you know, how they're going to get him back in time. And, you know, whatever happens to her is, you know, irrelevant, basically, because they're going to change the timeline. And then he starts hesitating and pausing and kind of waffling about going through with all this because he doesn't want to leave her behind. He doesn't want anything bad to happen to his grown-up daughter. And it's like, hey, dumb shit, if you just go through with the plan and fix all this, then your grown-up daughter will be fine and she won't live in this futuristic nightmare that you find yourself in. And it just, it was driving me crazy <laughs> and I was watching it and I kind of, at that point, became less invested in what was happening and kind of lost my faith in him as a protagonist, if, if that makes any sense. And then it it kind of regained its footing at the end. I, I would agree that I think it ends on a stronger note than, you know, how they get there. You know, the, the destination was, you know, I think much more impactful than the journey that they went on. But I just, I, I felt like he was kind of a dumb shit for me, supposedly being this really smart scientist guy. And I know it's Chris Pratt and I know he likes to play all of his characters kind of silly and, you know, you know, ignorant in some things, but it just, it didn't work for me for, you know, what they were trying to do there. So among other things, that was a big sticking point for me that I had a hard time getting past. I don't know if, Kevin, if you felt the same or if there was something else that really bothered you or, you know, what have you. Yeah, again, I mean, I think we've talked about how you get into the logic of these things and it kind of breaks down and, and it's frustrating. I think really my focus of this movie was how it was just a basically an alien version of A Christmas Carol. Like it was, which sounds way cooler when I put it like that than it actually ended up being. But yeah, like it's just like, that sounds awesome. I want to yeah, see. It. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this this man who is going. He's so focused on being important and and having a destiny, and you know he's meant to do something great. You know, in his in the normal timeline, he loses focus on his family, and you know is like alone when he dies, right? And then he gets his chance to see his future, like the ghost of the future, and warn him about how you know he turns into this angry bitter man and he's alone and he has a chance to change it and you know so he gets the opportunity to go back and redo it so it's just like it, i think like once i figured out that that's all it was was like you know this man being afraid of his, his own future and doing things to change it and also having his dad as an example for um you know his dad is doing this same thing to him that he's going to do to his future daughter sure. um like i think michael put it well, when he said it's it's just too on the nose, like um, I mean, those themes are important, you know, and and definitely something I can relate to. But um, I think it was just, oh, you know, it, it was it was too on the nose and too much, and um, at the same time, not fun enough for the summer blockbuster side of things. Like it, it was just, it was a lot of uh, obvious things they were trying to say and not enough fun for me even though it's a a war movie i guess i feel like they didn't even set that up that well though that he's completely better with his current life and dissatisfied with everything to the point where he's going to you know leave or do something terrible to his family that's Mm -hmm. going to no it's true well they show him dissatisfied in the beginning but they also show him as like a happy-go-lucky guy yeah yeah i think he's gonna turn 
he's enjoying a soccer game with his daughter as like, and you know, to try and get past his disappointment. Yeah, you know? yeah isn't that the Chris Pratt problem though? Like since, like you said, he likes to play them like goofy and fun-loving. Like you lose that any sense of drama that he might like turn on his family because he's just so Chris Pratt. Like you can't even take him out of the. You know, he's like he. Chris Pratt is the character essentially. That uh, it is an acting problem, I think, but I that's also a writing and directing problem too that they yeah. didn't include more substance there to really drive that point home well know? they they did but it was very very like upfront. like it was just so on the nose in the beginning when he was just like not getting that job and he's like i meant to do something great you know like it was just sure. so like over the top but yeah. like not in a yeah you're right i guess there's a there there's an issue like they didn't they didn't show it enough because they wanted to show the aliens come in you know essentially but no. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like by the time that it found out that his daughter and him had like lost touch over time, it made it made absolutely no sense. I'm like that guy loves his daughter. Like yeah, that was re- something really bad had to have happened, and I expected them to like reveal it in like a flashback or something, or like for her to explain better. But it was just kind of like, oh, we lost touch, and you were so focused on yourself, and then you died alone. Like I, yeah. I, it, it did kind of jump. They keep finding time in between all of these fucking heightened battle scenes for her to give him these exposition dumps about what a terrible dad he was well this is just like army of the dead this will make mike laugh is that they're like there's the strict timeline you know he has to he he's gonna be warped back when his little wristwatch thing makes him go back (laughs) and also these aliens are killing the future you know they just keep closing the doors on it but yeah they have all this time to talk about I mean, I, I guess it wasn't food trucks this time, uh, at <laughs> least. Like, there's actually substance of the of their lives together, but yeah, same kind of issue. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, this the whole relation, it, and this again, another reason that I was like, oh man, we got to talk about this movie because again, it was the same father, a strange daughter. Father goes to save a strange daughter, not knowing that he was in this movie. But I was like, this is just like the the Army of the Dead movie where whatever you know dad goes to have she's like oh i have to interact with my estranged daughter now and i did not believe that he at all even he seemed dissatisfied with like not getting the job at the beginning it didn't make sense to me that he would then subsequently in i think it was seven years if i remember correctly from the movie uh from when he was being like scanned arm bracelet thingy and they were mm-hmm. like you're gonna die in seven years and it's just like well that's fucked up why would you tell why would you tell him that <laughs> like that doesn't what that's that's changing the timeline so much um on top of everything else but it was like i don't believe that that man in seven years would go from being who he was who didn't seem to have any problem with his wife to seeming to love his kid to the end and ends of the earth and back would go from that to in seven years being completely estranged from both his wife and his daughter. You, like, you know, I, now, now that you say it like that, though, as somebody with daddy issues, uh, it's actually pretty believable in real life. But in a, in a movie script, uh, it's that it definitely did not fit. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's it just was it was just it was just real crazy um, through the entire thing. But uh... <laughs> I'll tell you one guy I did like in this movie was Charlie, his drafty friend in the futuristic military because 
when they're trying to escape down the stairwell from the fucking aliens or the white spikes or whatever they're called. Uh, he's going, oh, shit, 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 while shooting <laughs> back by him, trying to get away. And I was like, yep, that's that's exactly how I would be in this situation. So I, I like it was you. It was kind of fun to watch the idea of they, you know, essentially were drafting people who died in between the time, right? And they had to draft people who weren't military other than it took mm -hmm. a long time for them to get to Chris Pratt. But it was right. like interesting to see the idea of like dropping in all these people who are not prepared for this whatsoever, you know, have to go fight this war. But they still, they didn't spend like enough time on that aspect really, I felt like. But it was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I didn't even, I didn't even remember his name. Charlie, he said. Yeah. Uh, so the, so actually the actor is uh, Sam uh, Richardson. Um, yeah. And he is gold. I, um, I remember seeing him first in uh, Veep. A girlfriend entered uh, we, were, we were watching it a while back and when he was first introduced in veep i did not enjoy him he was he was irritating to me but slowly while his character kept being there in the the show veep i just was like wow this guy's this guy's really funny he's on top and um since then he's been in a lot of other things he actually was he's actually in uh werewolves within and he was really good in that as well that recently came out he's he's got really great comedic timing um but Honestly, that's the same reaction I would have. I would be running down the stairs if in a situation like that going, you know, shit, 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 or, you know, whatever as these aliens are coming down after us. So, um, I mean, props to them for capturing the real human emotion in this. <laughs> Somewhere, can, anyway. Can one of you explain to me, though, I, I must have missed it. <clears throat> what was the logic behind whenever they drop them in the future, they are falling at great heights? or whatever and then when they come back they also fall like 10 feet like it's like a video game glitch or something like you start <laughs> in the wrong spot and like, so a soft reset I, I don't yeah, know. Uh, an endless death loop type thing. <laughs> yeah yeah um so i think it, it doesn't really explain it i it's, it's just kind like, of watch just the world's government is just inept enough that they like kill 40 percent of the people they send to the future just on impact so the the one that they got sent in i think there was a uh, some sort of error happened We'll say like a faxing error um, where <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. They're yeah, just you, like know, getting, you like... send a fax and it falls <laughs> 80 feet to its death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just I, I think there was some sort of error that happened. If I remember correctly, in the, the movie, there was there was an error when they were getting sent up. And so it didn't get done correctly. The, them like appearing in the air and then falling. I think they're only supposed to like when they came back. I think that's the height they were supposed to be. When they went to the future, I think that's where the, how high they were supposed to be falling. Um, but what was the logic behind? Like, why? Why? What, so, what, what is any fall for? The so Earth I think the fall it, got and higher I, in forty years. I think it's because, and I'm mind you, I'm using. I'm when I saw that, it just made me think of a book that I read once. Um, I think it's the the real story of Jumping Jack Flash or something. I can't remember. It's it's kind of a weird book, but essentially the idea is that if you're up the in that book, there's time travel. Um, and the guy essentially invents some sort of spring stilts that shoot him into the air. So that way, when he travels in time, there's less likely of a chance he'll be uh, he'll reappear in a location that has um, something already existing in it. Uh, so that's kind of what I thought when they were doing that is that they do that so that there is less likely of a chance that they'll suddenly get, you know, brought back from time and in, in brought into the middle of the ground or their oh, boots get stuck. Right. They did that, say something like that. Yes. I, I, that was kind of what I just was like, Oh, there's, 
this is there's there's a clear reason this is maybe it's just not, they haven't really mastered it um i think the the line that i i do kind of enjoy how terrible this movie is at some points in the sense that one of the guys when they're like so how does this work and one of the guys is like oh yeah it's uh prayers and um you know bubblegum and paper clips that's how this works yeah. and it's just like oh okay we're we're, we're not going to even going to try to hide that we don't know how this time travel actually works. It's just Yeah, that's it, probably the best thing to do. Have a throwaway line to like, hey, we don't know. Don't worry about it. Move on. Yeah, exactly. But, okay, but in this, okay, I get the point of like, you don't want to time travel to the future in the concrete, but like, they all know where they're landing now, right? Like, can't they just set up some mattresses there? for <laughs> Like, I mean, this is like an ongoing war for a year or whatever they're sending people. Like, I get like later on if they're going to use this wormhole. Nope. That's all. Nope, That's Kevin. all. I just that was like the only all, one that really like took me out of it. Like, I was like, this is ridiculous. All 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 resources are being put to the war effort. No mattresses. <laughs> no mattresses. Okay. White spikes that they they're drawn to mattresses. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. They... <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so one of the things I thought was really good. I, I want to kind of talk about. I briefly brought up earlier was the uh, checkoff gun things. Um, but I really enjoyed the fact that some of the stuff that they brought up in the beginning of the movie between his daughter, like digging in the ground, looking for the cure to something. Um, I can't remember that he, she was a huge nerd. Um, I, yeah, I think it was polio. Yeah. And the, the fact that it came back around that, you know, the wife also is just like, oh, maybe they were already here, which does irritate me. That it's like, no, no one figured that out. <laughs> no <laughs> one else except this one lady. Props to her uh, figuring it out, but no one else. Um, but I do like the fact that she's like digging in the ground to find the cure. And then they subsequently, it's like, oh, it was buried here all the time in the ground. And uh, he talks about um, volcanoes with that one kid and it comes back later oh which is gosh. such a that such was, a weird scene that was that was there was not enough build-up for that scene i'm sorry <laughs> it just that the the in the classroom that scene just happened out of no, like no. yeah if yeah they, it, they needed more scenes of like this teacher and kid interacting or something you, you needed to like love this kid throughout the movie for this to happen but it was just like oh yeah that kid i forgot chris pratt was a teacher at that point like wow <laughs> it's so jarring to go back to that school also, what a weird situation. Uh, that was clearly like in the middle of a school day and all those kids were in class and Chris brought uh, Chris, Chris brought Chris Pratt brought two strangers <laughs> into the school yeah. to question this one kid. Like he couldn't be like, hey, see me after class or. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was very weird. Um, also, uh, for and another thing that kind of again made me feel like, wow, this is. This is like uh, the zombie movie. I'm kind of giving a little bit of a, my thoughts, a spoiler review version. But uh, did you guys understand that the theme of this movie was climate change is bad? And if we don't do something about it now, it's going to destroy the world in 30 years. Yeah, because there's literally aliens buried beneath our Earth. Oh, and... I was re I was referring to the time when Chris Pratt is like talking about, glow, uh, you know, talking to his classroom and in the background behind his uh, left shoulder or right shoulder. I think it, I can't remember, but there's like a slideshow going on talking about how climate change is going to destroy the earth. Like during the middle of his lecture. 
Yeah, I mean, it, but it, it did. It just destroyed it in the form of the ice caps melted and the aliens are freed. Just yep. Personally, way more exciting than normal climate change. <laughs> Personally, I would have been thrilled if my teacher just left the slideshow playing in the background because I could never copy the notes down fast enough as they were going through the slides anyway. So that the would note is good climate climate change is bad. This is the note you would need to take. <laughs> yeah, they. I think it's an overarching theme, if you will, for this movie that they can't figure out how to gracefully uh, get their points and things to land. So they just have to hit you right on the nose with everything to make sure that you understand what's going on and what's trying to be conveyed. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it's not just hitting you on the nose. I feel like they're just repeatedly punching us in the face and being like, climate change is bad. Mm -hmm. Be a good father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they literally are like, we can't go fight our future wars. We have to do it right now. You know, like, this, yeah. is the, this is the time we lost the future war. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, one of the big things I had kind of about this, the, the time travel part that really bugged me was they didn't do a really good job of explaining to us why them, why taking people from the past and bringing them to the future wasn't horrifically changing the future itself. Yeah. Or it just That's kind of, I know I was I was confused too. Like, what, did they make their rules that like these are two different timelines and they're just plucking? They just like chose our timeline and they're trying to like pluck people out of it to yeah. help them win a losing or lose a a lose a war that we shouldn't have to fight. I I don't know. It didn't. Did it explain it? I don't know. I can't remember. And this is where you get into trouble with time travel movies mm -hmm. in general. But I like one of my favorite time travel movies is Looper. Um, with Bruce Willis and yep. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because I feel like there they are actually pretty consistent throughout in how time travel is both utilized and what all the rules are. Because whenever, and spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Looper, but it's been almost 10 years, man, that's on you. Um, <laughs> then anytime anything is changing in Joe's past life and old Joe being portrayed by Bruce Willis, he has like these freaking weird visions that's kind of make him stop and almost like a bad migraine almost. And that because what he knew is being rapidly changed all at once. And it's more, almost more than his brain can handle. And so that I feel like to Kevin's point earlier, you know, there were some actual stakes and some consequences here. And they're trying to convey that, yeah, the stakes are really high here in the Tomorrow War. Because if we don't change things, we're all going to uh, be eradicated in 30 years. But then they're not consistent to any of that. And they just kind of do whatever the fuck they want with the time travel pieces. So It, it makes me question Chris Pratt and... Um... Sam Richardson's characters point out that they're smart guys. They're, they're, the, they're on the R team, which I'm assuming stands for research. And the I think the other team is D team, which I'm guessing stands for dummies. Um, <laughs> this is the only logical, uh, the logical thing I can think of. Um, but they talk about like they notice that like all the people are older and are like, you know, 40 now and or, you know, this very particular age range. And 
all of the people that came back are all really young. And this is something that they, I feel like they didn't pay off is that they were like, Oh, it's because these guys haven't been born yet in our time. And all, all of us that are going to the future are already dead in that, like that point. And they talk about, they kind of try to justify it. If it's, it's a raft, it's two points that are a raft in time and they both move along at the same pace. Mm -hmm. So, but my question is, is that when they introduced that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But what happens if they kill, what, what happens if, you know, in the time between when they recruit somebody and when they would, you know, potentially conceive one of the people in the future, <laughs> they go, they get, they get recruited and then they die. And then just someone stops existing from this future that's on this team because essentially they killed them before they could have sex. Yep. Bub Bubblegum and Band-Aids, Michael. Right? <laughs> they, they, they're just like, what? We, we don't care. Like, yeah. It's just the future being like, th there's no logic to it. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I, 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 I think I like the like one form of time travel that I've like enjoyed recently is in uh, a Stephen King novel, 112263. It's also a TV show that I didn't finish, but the book's really good. And in it, he, it's 112263 is referring to uh, JF Ken John F. Kennedy getting assassinated and the main character finds a portal to the past like two years before the assassination and he tries to like stop the assassination um, from happening uh, but he has to like live in the past and wait until that happened you know the event happens so you have like two years to get prepared for it and what he finds is like not spoiling the whole book it's just that the the past doesn't like to be changed so there's like mysterious forces you know Stephen King like <laughs> forcing him to not be able to make these changes like he can like the, like it's possible to change the past but there are obstacles that the past like brings up to prevent it and i kind of like the idea of like the past being a living object or the future being like a living object and, like if you're not within the timeline it like self um like medicates and takes care of you like plucks you out um mm -hmm. or you have to like work really hard and be really smart to kind of break it like that would be more intriguing to me as a concept than just like yeah, band-aids and bubble gum and who cares <laughs> i just i think that's that's great i that does that does sound interesting is that the time itself self-medicates as it goes along bubble gum bubble gum so, and uh it's just ridiculous so uh, maybe we should talk about like what would i mean and i don't want to if you have another idea michael i don't want to derail you but like you know this movie obviously isn't working for us like what like what could they have done to like fix it? Like, what is our like biggest issue with it? Like, is it the fact that it's a blockbuster summer blockbuster on a streaming device? Like it's the state of like watching the movie, like what, where this should have been. Is it a Chris Pratt problem? Like what, like how would we have gone about writing like a, a summer blockbuster about time travel? I, to be clear, um, before we get too far, this was supposed to come out in theaters. Yeah. Like this isn't, this, this wasn't a, like Amazon front of the bill and, was going to put this out on their streaming platform to start off with. This was supposed to be like a major motion picture that came to theaters and was going to be a summer blockbuster. I just and want to I'm put saying, that up first. Would you have enjoyed it more if you had gone to the movie to watch? No, this? I would have. I would have been so. I would have. Would, been it, like, would you have this been enchanted terrible. by the crowd and the bigger <laughs> speakers and been like, "Oh, this was like cool action. Like it, it deserved the big screen." Or is it good that it got dumped onto Amazon Prime? I might not have fallen asleep in the theater. <laughs> There's that. But I'm saying, I guess it wouldn't be a, like that much better in the theaters. But I can say that, like watching a blockbuster like that at home, 
it takes the fun out of it completely. Like it's not even the way you're supposed to view it in a way, right? Not that it would have mm-hmm. substantially made it better, but Here's watching the it on Prime wasn't ideal for me. Not that I'd want to pay for it though. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing though, is that on Prime, this movie has 4.5 stars out of five for its overall rating. And others who I have talked to about this, who saw it before me, enjoyed it and thought it was good and are excited to see it again. So I definitely think it just kind of filled that void of lack of summer blockbusters, Kevin. And I think the people, you know, they just like to see something. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, for sure. So turn, I think, your, turn your brain off and just enjoy it. Right, right. So I think it definitely accomplished what it was set out to. They're already talking about making a sequel, and I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, so I <laughs> wait. What? What? what the, the day after tomorrow war? <laughs> that the day after tomorrow is tomorrow war. Something I don't know. past war. Fast. Wait, I'm confused. How can they make it? we? They killed the they killed the aliens. Like the whole purpose of them going back. But maybe Chris Pratt again moves on from his family, and he, now we're going to see a different ghost of the future bring him and and really warn him this time to not screw up his family. They're already talking about bringing back pretty much the entire main cast of the family. Sam Richardson will be back. J.K. Simmons is going to return. Maybe instead of white spikes, there's going to be white claws. (laughs) (laughs) And they were there the whole time. Do you think they like wrote this movie a few years ago and they called him white claws and they're like, that's a cool name. And then like white claw came to be super popular and they're like, Fuck, we have to change this. <laughs> Kevin, you literally just made the same joke that my girlfriend made when we were watching <laughs> Damn <this>. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, my, my girlfriend just ma- actually made this joke about how they were probably called White Claws, and then they realized, oh, no, we can't call them White Claws because <laughs> like there is no law. <laughs> right. That, that's, that happened. That's I, canon. I am just – Jesse, I'm honestly baffled. that I, My, my <laughs> research into this movie has purely been just – one, I was curious what the uh, I, I saw one of the YouTubers I kind of frequent sometimes had a thing about the white spikes and kind of had them like his theory on it and mm-hmm. kind of broke them down a little bit more. And I actually thought his whole thing was pretty, pretty great on the explanation of the white spikes. Uh, but I didn't I had no idea that they were thinking about doing another. Uh, I just don't understand where they're going to be able to go from here. It's, it's literally a time travel movie. That was the pre- entire thing was is that the reason there was time travel was that there were aliens of the future a- a- and they made a time machine and went back and they killed all the aliens. So there's now no reason. Well, maybe that last white spike mother, whatever, didn't die because we just see it go off the cliff and explode. You know, but maybe <laughs> there's like a dramatic scene in the beginning where it like tumbles to like its final spot and like you know, a little bit of it lives and buries itself again in the ice. And we just do the same movie over again. (laughs) Or JK Simmons is a white spike in disguise. And (laughs) that was right all along to keep his father away from his family. Well, and that's why he was keeping himself away from the family in the first place. He's like, you don't want to know what I could become. (laughs) So, I mean, they just released fast nine. So I, you know, don't ever doubt their ability to crank out a sequel, even though they should absolutely stop. But um, to answer your original question, Kevin, I'm not sure how I would go about salvaging this because the entire premise 
is kind of flimsy in the first place. So it's kind of like trying to continue a game of Jenga when you don't have much of a foundation left, you know? So I, I, I have no idea. Michael, was there anything you would do to well, try? If it's, game, if it's a game of Jenga, you just go back in time and not do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't, it, it, you're right. It, you're right on Jesse. It, it's kind of hard to feel like how, how could we take the existing kind of the idea of this movie and, script doctor it a little bit more to make it a little less irritating because i feel like the parts that i didn't enjoy was kind of the after the initial time travel them landing on the roof that part i enjoyed that entire sequence them kind of getting into the war and just showing how the white spikes are just they just tear through everything um i don't believe that our military again wouldn't be able to handle these things i we have so many different kinds of bullets and things it just it's crazy to me that it's just like oh no they're that strong that we can't break through their armor um but then after he gets saved and then m m hangs out with his daughter that whole entire portion of it i just feels really dumb i just hate most of it is that she's the one that brings him along on this mission and then doesn't tell him what they're doing. And it's just, the information's convoluted and um, they have an open cage for this thing that shoots out death needles and you can see through the bars and they're like, yep, this is fine. And it's like, what? Well, no, it isn't. It, that thing can kill all of you. Also, why are you having people, humans pull this into a cage? Why aren't you using winches or technology? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, they don't have mattresses in the future. I don't think they have technology. Yeah, yeah no mattresses in the future, no no, no winch technology. Um, <laughs> I feel like the her his grown-up daughter revealing her her like true identity. Ah, sorry, I can't even talk. I'm so worried. <laughs> her true identity to him and then giving him all that exposition betrays what her character is actually trying to accomplish mm -hmm. in that urgency. So you could you could kick all of that out and just have her being like, whenever he's asking questions, no, you know, there's no time. Let's let's keep going here, buddy, because we got to get you back. Yeah, Gosh, uh, yeah. That scene, that scene where he's like, "What? What? What's your last name? My last name's Forrester. Is you're Forrester too?" I was like, "Come on, this is I, movies and last names." Like, you know, there's Star only... Wars ruined it for me. You can't. Like, I don't care. That's the stupidest <laughs> way to discover that. Right. It, yeah, it was kind of weird that that was how they. Inter I did. I, I felt like either she didn't have a big enough reaction when yeah. she literally was talking to her dead father at the beginning of the movie or at the beginning of the, the not the movie, the fight, the whole tower fight thing, like no reaction from her whatsoever to then subsequently be like, oh, I am your daughter. And it's like you, you, you didn't react like you would react if, yeah if my, if, you know, in, in 30 years, all of a sudden, I'm talking to, you know, a future team uh, uh, of past um, army commandos. And my dad is the one on the is the one I'm directly talking to. I'm going to have some sort of emotional breakdown right then and there, no matter the situation, opposed to. All right, soldier, let's get going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these aren't like, you know, bottom of the barrel actors by any means. I mean. 
Strahovski and J.K. Simmons and even Chris Pratt, you know, have been good in other things and are pretty consistent in that regard. So this is the case of they don't know. And again, this, you know, going back to Zack Snyder, they don't know how to get their characters to emote without saying exactly what they're feeling or thinking. And they don't trust their audience to figure that out on their own. Yeah, I'm. I'm also Chris Pratted out, so I think I was very uh, against him the whole movie. That didn't help. And that's that's fair. Yeah. And I've even seen the other like three Jurassic Worlds or whatever. I think there's only one or two, but <laughs> I, I'm still Chris Pratted out. I think they're making a third one. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's on the way. Yeah, they are. <sighs> um, Yay, just... Evan! More Chris Pratt for you. <laughs> so excited. So I do want to say another thing uh, that I feel vindication for is the, for whatever reason, they didn't use that stupid saw in the oh, Army no. of the Dead movie, but <laughs> they was... totally used it in this movie and it I'm makes so me feel glad... so much better. No, I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up because like, as soon as I saw that, I wanted to text you and be like, this is why you said it was like <laughs> the Army of the Dead. I, I was so, I didn't even notice. I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but I was like, what are the odds here that there's this stupid uh what 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 even is it what kind of it's it's uh it's i think it's a i think it, it might be a some sort of rescue device it's a, some sort of like large saw but it's used to cut through um cars and things along those lines yeah that was absurd I, <laughs> like i i don't know if i would have had such a big reaction if it, if that had failed so bad in army of the dead i was i was so blown away that that made an appearance <laughs> I, it's just it felt so good I, I watched it i was like yes finally we get to see this the, this awesome tool of destruction destroy something's brain yes wonderful and i also <laughs> want like, to talk that was brief. for you that was yeah. purely for you they know i was going to be so disappointed that was Zack snyder's notes on the on the script he was like oh shoot i forgot to use this chainsaw <laughs> thing in my movie quick we got to get this in here Sorry, oh gosh no it's no it's it, no it's true it's that's exactly what happened that was his notes it was just like oh uh, everyone was real disappointed that we didn't use this awesome uh, saw thing. So you have to use it in like a really awesome way. Go. Uh, oh but I also enjoyed the uh, uh, Jack Simmons in this movie. He was awesome as a character. You got to remind me. Uh, J.K. Simmons, just how oh, like, he was. J.K. Simmons. Oh. Yeah. Jack yeah. Simmons. is. Jack, a, it, yeah. yeah it, it's, it was an internet thing. I think it was literally. Um, I saw something online. It was about them talking about how for another movie he got, he was like, looked like Jack Santa. Cause he had that beard Yeah. and the director like reached out and was like, Hey, could you get in that same exact shape for this movie? And he was like, yeah, sure. I can do that. So. Oh yeah. It was, I, I love JK Simmons. Like there's nothing better than and seeing him jacked is, is amazing. Like that was phenomenal. He, he nailed it. Um, and oddly enough, this is a tangent, but I had just, um, Right after this movie, I watched a random movie from our, our youth um, that I never saw called Jennifer's Body with uh, Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. Mm -hmm. do, do you remember that? Like a, it's a campy uh, yeah. teen horror-esque movie, I guess. And both J.K. Simmons and Chris Pratt are in that movie, like in minor roles. And I like couldn't get over the fact that they went from like, that to to this tomorrow war and that i saw these movies back to back like the the trilogy the the sequel that i never knew paired up it, it was a bizarre thing almost like this chainsaw coming up in from <laughs> one movie to another like it, it no but i do i do love jk simmons i think 
Jesse knows that as well. And I think he loves him even more. <laughs> I mean, you'll never find a better J. Jonah Jameson than that guy. That's all yeah. I'm saying. So. Very true. Um, yeah. I So, I mean, I feel like to kind of answer your original question, Kevin, I think after us all talking, I don't think we there's I, I think there were parts of this movie that were just broken from the start of it that made no sense. The whole the, the them not sedating the queen and or they they need still needed her alive. That part I didn't really understand. Like if she's the only queen, then like make the formula like you need more of her blood like i feel like it just didn't make sense um so i feel like that middle part just couldn't be fixed because there's just so much that they had set up that was so inherently wrong with it it would just take so much script changing to make it palatable as a movie well um then if uh, we have some dead time i think i want to play my favorite game if you don't mind which is complaining about the name of the damn movie and coming up with eight better alternatives Oh, hold on. They, I, Kevin, I actually saw an article about this and oh, I thought of you. Okay. I, so, saw but, a, I have a trivia note that I saw. I don't know what the article is, but. Oh, so start off. Let's uh, we can go and I'll, I'll see if I can find that article that I was talking about. So do you want me to, to yeah. tee it up? Okay, so yeah, tee it uh, off. first of all, I, I was asked a bunch of times randomly, like, you know, I was saying I was doing this thing. I'm watching this movie. Everyone's like, oh, what movie? And I could not, I could not remember the movie. I was like, the war of tomorrow or the tomorrow war of the future. I could not nail it down for some reason. It just, it's, it's a very generic name to me. Um, and I, I just think we could have had a lot better ones. So I'll present to you a few of them that I came up with. And uh, you can, you know, laugh in my face. I think we should have just jumped straight to tomorrow war. <laughs> like what, I mean, that's just straight to the point. You know, tomorrow war. That's what I kept calling it. Um, a brief history of time and war. Again, right, right, right. Um, tomorrow never dies. But then I found out that's a James Bond movie. <laughs> so, but no one remembers Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. I don't think. Um, here today, war tomorrow. No, 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 no. Okay. Jeez. Uh, what about tomorrow? Too furious. You're stealing the title for the tenth one. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm I'm looking really. I've, those well, are horrifically I, I bad, Kevin. Chris Pratt on his Instagram also posted apparently a bunch of uh, possible titles. So I'll, I'll read you his. Titles. Oh, okay. So there was Generation Alien, World War A, uh, Generation Gone, <laughs> um, Saving Private Ryalian. Uh, Horizon White Spike, Jurassic Draft, Generation Draft, Miller Genuine Draft, <laughs> City Slickers, Alien Dawn, Rapture Dawn, Apocalypse Dawn, Hero Dawn, Destiny War, which sounds like a video game, and Saving Tomorrow. So I guess, you know, there really aren't that great of options, but I could just not remember this movie. I, I am going to forget the name of this movie in 10 minutes after this podcast, I guarantee you. I mean, I obviously I think listening to some of those are definitely uh, uh, joke names that they came up yeah, with. No, just, no yeah. genuine draft. I don't know. You can see it. Like, beers going to start sponsoring movie thing. titles. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what I would have gone for. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Kevin, I think that's actually your calling. Whereas uh, I, I'll be a 
Zack Snyder's um, script doctor, you can uh, come up with uh, movie titles because <laughs> s- several of the ones you threw out there were much better than the uh, actual one. Yeah, I'm just going to call it Tomorrow War forever because that's how it is in my head. Just call it Tomorrow Never Dies and then you'll really piss off all the James Bond fans. So. Yeah, I mean, I think, or you know, Tomorrow Never Lives. Because <laughs> they did not live. Or uh, how about... That has to be like a Christmas Carol, like joke. And uh, I'm dreaming of a white spike Christmas. It's <laughs> yeah. so more of a song than the the Christmas Carol. But <laughs> oh boy! Alrighty then. Um, <laughs> That's all I got. That's why you bring me. That's why you pay me the big bucks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I think on that, uh, I think we can wrap it up here. Do you guys have any uh, closing thoughts you want to share on the movie or? Anything else like that? I'm a little disappointed that I sat down to watch this two different times in the same week. <laughs> I am thrilled that Jesse disliked a movie. I, this might be the first time I've, I'm experiencing this. There you go, Michael. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, I think if you're still listening uh, and haven't seen this movie, uh, I recommend it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> if you want some mind numbing, uh, <laughs> schlocky movie madness going on, this is, this, this is, this should be right up your alley. So um, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you, Kevin, for coming on and talking about this with us and providing us some awesome movie titles for potentially other future movies. <laughs> oh shoot. You're right. There's going to be a sequel. Yeah, I should have copyrighted those names. <laughs> Tomorrow is back again. Edit that. Edit that part out. Oh, okay. Yeah. My oh. names. All right. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Hit the Real Podcast. Um, the uh, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment we consume and what we really think about it. Um, we try to get this podcast out uh, weekly on uh, Saturdays, potentially Sundays usually depends on how I'm feeling over the weekend doing the editing. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, If you'd like to share with us your thoughts on this and how um, truly we missed the most important part of this movie and how they explained it all away. Or if you think of better movie titles than Kevin, uh, feel free to email us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Love to talk with you about it there. Um, We also have started up a Patreon. Feel free to take a look at that in the descriptions episode. And uh, that's pretty much it. So thank you for listening. And hey, like always, keep it real. Keep it real.